Ladies and gentlemen, Sarnays and Marnays, welcome to Worldy. The boys are back on the pod. All the boys are on the pod. We've got Andy. Hello. We've got Jono. Hello. And via remote link, we've got Neil Shuri. Hello. There he is. Look at that. Technology. Amazing. It's almost like he's in the room and better because he isn't actually here. We don't have to look at <laughs> his face. Yes, yeah, so it's we, a we, massive we, bonus. We should clarify that I'm nowhere exotic. I'm just in the next county. (laughs) (laughs) Still have to dial you in. You're so busy, see, that we still need to dial you in from the next county over. Right, boys, so lots of things have happened since we were last last on here, especially relating uh, to England. So England played in their their final friendly? Yes. In their Uh, final friendly. No, no, we've got one more friendly. Have we got one more? We've got got, uh, um, Costa Rica. Rica. Rich Coast. Um, we've got the rich coast. Uh, we've got Costa Rica coming up. That's on Thursday evening, I believe that is. This is part of England's terrible like system of playing teams that are sort of a little bit like the ones we'll actually play. Well, it's not even a little bit like them, just geographically <laughs> located near them. But it, but it isn't just us that does it. Like, you, you, Everybody does, yeah, don't they? Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. It's like a really weird trait in, in, in football. It is very strange, though, that, that we are playing. We, I think we mentioned this last time around. But we and everybody is suddenly playing each other. Teams who are playing in the World Cup are all playing each other in pre-season friendlies. Yeah. Something that would never happen before. You always used to have to play games against the teams who didn't who qualify. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's very it's interesting mm. stuff. So England, I, I think I think Southgate is intentionally trying to get better friendlies in the calendar. It, it used to be a case that friendlies were, were completely meaningless and against meaningless teams. I think at the very least he's trying to make them against better teams. Isn't this part of the new League of Nations or whatever it's called? Yeah, although th- this isn't, is it? Because these are just World Cup warm-ups, but, okay. but we now have the League of Nations thing. So I don't does... think it's actually called the League no, of yeah, Nations, yeah, no, is it? It's close enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone understands it either, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. No, Nobody gets it. Um, but yeah, so so um, it's it's um, it's all pretty interesting. Are we going to talk? Should we quickly talk about the Nigeria game now? Yeah, yeah. So England played Nigeria, and I uh, we won two one, which is pretty good. We did. Um, I so I watched. I was at a an eighties festival in Bristol um, on Saturday when the game was on, and I watched the entire game streamed live from the ITV player on my mobile phone. So you must have been having a great time at that festival. It was brilliant. I was watching. I was watching Martin Fry beat out like the uh, the look of love by ABC on wow. stage, whilst England uh, were were scoring all their goals in the first half of that game. It was great. great times. It was fantastic. Fantastic times. Um, it, was, it was decent performance. So I, I, go on, Shory. I, I, so I didn't watch it. I listened to it on the radio, um, and I, just exactly that. It came across that we played fairly well. I don't think we were brilliant. I don't think we were awful. We we just played pretty well, which going into a tournament is probably all you can ask for, really. First half, honestly, first half we made Nigeria look absolutely awful. We are they awful? Well, I don't know, but oh, we made okay. them look awful. <laughs> um, we made them look absolutely dreadful. Honestly, we were really, really good. And I, and I did bring this point up at the time. I said to to, to people who were pretending to be interested in the score um that that i said like you know i'm not sure if this is england making nigeria look bad or nigeria making england look good yeah yeah, Um, it's it's kind of usually a bit of both to be fair um honestly we were first half we were absolutely incredible uh second half they came back into it again no idea whether whether or not nigeria hit up their game in the second half or we just got a bit crap um well i think i think they changed their system a little bit in the mm -hmm. second half and it took england a while to to get smart to the way they were then playing Right. Um, and in defense, did we make a lot of changes at half time? I didn't quite. No, none at half time. No, none. Okay. I think he waited fairly late. Southgate waited fairly late to make any changes. He was looking it's very sharp, quite, wasn't he? I did notice that look, about Gareth. He had a nice little waistcoat on the tie. He's looking very nice. He's actually he's actually grown it, into a quite a good looking fella. As he Gareth looks better Southgate. now yeah, than yeah, he yeah. did I, like in the nineties. He like always his. wears those shoes, the like brown leather shoes, but with a bright white sole as well. Very striking <laughs> shoes. I quite like his beard. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a healthy beard. He's he's definitely improved his look. I think on the touchlines we're going to be well represented at least. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So I think it was a good. I mean, it was it was a decent warm up for us. I think um, England. I think I think we looked de- decent. We looked really. We had genuine threat in the final third. Who's, was, who, who was create? I didn't really see much of the game. Who was creating chances? 
Um, Hendo? Uh, it was no, um, no Deli Ali probably. I mean, okay. it was it, 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 it was coming from everyone really. I mean, like, our entire forward unit was was firing really well. So um, I think we were creating a lot through the middle. Um, um, Eric Dyer had a good game, um, yeah. and and noteworthy. <laughs> is that Gary Cahill um, not only scored the first goal after seven minutes, an absolutely towering header from a towering man um, and an incredible footballer. Um, and he, I, will not, and, I will not fall for this bait. And I he and, and he took man of the match. He took, in, he took the man of the match for the, for the game. Um, and, you know, and, and thoroughly deserved... For his for his his football smarts and his his incredible talent. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I, I'm really not very happy about the situation, to be honest, because this nonsense has now cemented his bloody place. He will make a huge error at the World Cup if he plays. Well, I'm you, absolutely sure. The, of it. the thing with our defence, though, is that about well, most of our central defenders have got a mistake in them. I, I don't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't single out Gary Cahill. And actually, <laughs> based on based on his performance in the last kind of 10, 15 games of the season, he's done really well with Chelsea. Chelsea went on a good run with him in the team. Um, and I think it's good for Gary to come into the squad as a as a fairly calm, uh, uh, a calm, experienced head. I'm willing. Um, I'm willing in to a squad in a squad that that really don't doesn't have a lot of. I'm experience. not happy at all about being ganged up on I'm, about I'm, Gary Cahill. I'm willing to put money on on maybe a pound on Gary Cahill being one of our players of the tournament. Get out of he town! He's literally terrible. No, uh, he's going to be fine. I guarantee he's going to start the first oh, game. He's Jesus going to be a colossus. Christ. I'm very <laughs> upset about the whole situation. Well, we shall see, won't we? But I I can't see it. I really can't see it. Um, how, how did um, how did Sterling get on? Did uh, he, yeah, he was after all right. after the nonsense of the uh, the week. Yeah, I, I, he had he got involved in a lot of he he missed a couple of chances. Um, he had one slightly disappointing moment where he he got booked for diving. It was really frustrating as well because the uh, the, the goalkeeper came out as one of these ones who's kind of just wide of the goal, just about seven or eight yards out. Uh, the goalkeeper came out for him, tried to palm parry the ball off, and Sterling started going down before the goalkeeper was anywhere near making contact. Mm, um, and the ref booked him for diving. Okay. The the really frustrating thing about that is if he'd stayed on his feet, he would have been taken out by the goalkeeper, and it would have been a penalty. <laughs> so it's, it's very often the case, that isn't it? It really is. Yeah. So that so that was disappointing. But I mean, that's not exclusive to to Raheem Sterling, um, particularly with this in current England side. Um, but but yeah. So other than that, I mean, he he was lively. He looked interested. He was he was putting a lot of effort into it. He was running around a lot. Um, but he, uh, but yeah, he was a tiny little bit wasteful with his opportunities. But you know, he, he's not going to. I think if he could learn to finish that boy, he'd be quite the player. How many goals did he got last season? Tw- 20? Twenty. Yeah, Twenty. I mean, that's all right, isn't that's it? Not it's bad, not that right? bad return on investment. No, that is not bad. Yeah, um, but yeah, so no. Uh, otherwise, you know, decent. I, I, it, it is classic though with England and England supporters. I saw on the um, the England supporters Facebook page or something like that, or it might have been just in response to a, a news article that had been posted on Facebook. Um, somebody said this was the worst England performance wow. they'd seen for twenty five years. What? Like it's not I'm even kidding. the worst England performance this year. No. <laughs> what? They, they, well, they definitely didn't see England versus Algeria because that yeah. was you know quite. Quite terrifying. England, Iceland. Yeah, I mean, just two years ago. Yeah, it it was. It was perfect. It was a perfectly fine performance. The first half was absolutely excellent. Second half, a little bit kind of, maybe a little bit found out. But you're right, maybe a bit slow to adapt as well. But but other than that, it was you know it was decent performance and um, yeah, good to get some confidence for the side as well on the board. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think you know we can all be happy that it's out of the way and we can uh, we can start preparing for the real the real deal, which is only just around the corner. And the Costa Rica game, I wonder if that will be one last chance to try some of the players that you didn't try 
in this match so maybe we'll see Vardy perhaps playing from the start and a slightly different formation maybe or do you think he'll do the same again I don't know it's, it's, it's always interesting to see how managers play this kind of thing Sven Joran Eriksson was a big one for changing things around and trying every single possible combination mm, and every single yeah. player that he could find I get the sense a little bit with, with Southgate that he's more inclined to play the team and get the team that he wants to play gelling um, so my, my gut feeling is it's largely going to be the same yeah. um, there might be one or two changes um, maybe because he'll be looking horses for courses because he'll change it between the first three games anyway um, so there might be one or two changes but I think broadly speaking given that it was it was probably about like 50 or 60 minutes before he made any changes whatsoever against Nigeria um, I think I think that kind of consistency is what's most important for him um, yeah just just to say a little bit of breaking news go on um, is that jordan pickford has been given the number 1 jersey so has he now well, is, like, fit, like literally officially, someone yeah. has physically handed him a jersey yeah. with the number 1 on it yeah ceremoniously wow. there was a trumpet oh, very um, nice. fanfare yeah so yeah so so that i mean i think i think That's we harsh probably on jack button to be fair yeah but i think we i think i think everybody was fairly convinced Out before he was even in yeah the butters Really? Yeah, but that's the way it goes with with goalkeepers, isn't it? He hasn't you, done anything wrong, though, has he? But Butters might be going to uh, to Liverpool though. So yeah. oh, he's really? got that okay. to look forward to. Well, he might not. England's number two. Huh? He might not have done anything wrong, but you can only have one goalkeeper. So, and and if Pickford's the better of the two, I am, which I am surprised to be perfectly honest, but. You know, I, yeah. I, I've, I've seen very little of either of them, um, but of the two, Pickford has always been has been much better, much the better of the two. In, in, I, for I, the very I, little I've seen. I think Pick- I think we said in in one of the previous pods that there that there's not a lot between them, so I don't yeah. think it was a surprise whichever way it went. Yeah, but Butland Butland's a great uh, backup. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with him being there, and I think uh, Pickford pretty much got through on uh, on his distribution. Um, and he's how comfortable Well, if he makes he is. a terrible mistake, it'll end his career yeah. as well. So he, you've got to be prepared for that. But it, that, that's the same for Butland as well, right? That's true. Um, but Pickford, he genuinely looked really authoritative. He looked, he looked comfortable and confident against Nigeria, mm. and that, and that's one of the things that you definitely want from a goalkeeper is a bit of confidence. Well, let's get this. So the general positive feeling then after the Nigeria game, it seems from yeah. uh, from everybody. Just looking forward to it all coming crashing down. We get beat horribly by Costa Rica on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Perfect. That would really set things up very nicely. So, what else has been happening in the news this week? I think there was some stuff that came out of the German camp, John. Uh, yeah, uh, shockingly, because he's had an absolutely cracking season with uh, Man City, Sane has not made the Germany squad. Well, that is got to be tough on the lad, to be honest. PFA well, Young <laughs> Player of the Year? Yeah, he's um, he's only 19 years old, I think, still. So he's got a few years ahead of him, a few World Cups ahead from, of him. From a purely Premiership perspective, that was a surprise because he's obviously been a really good player in the Premiership. Um, I don't know enough about the Germany squad to know whether that's generally a surprise. Have they got a lot of other big players in instead? Well, it was um, apparently it was um, it was a shootout between him and Julian Brandtner, who um, oh, Julian Brandt, yeah, a uh, Brandt. Sorry, uh, Julian Brent, and and he's apparently had a very good season um, in in the Bundesliga. So um, perhaps, uh, perhaps again, it's just Germany's incredible depth that's um, that's showing through here. They are taking they, a they sort of semi-fit Marco Royce as well, aren't they? Um, yeah, Royce he's been incredibly important over the last kind of five six years. Uh, and I think Jürgen Löw has um, has decided to take a, a slight risk on Royce. Oh, it's a Wayne Rooney, David Beckham situation, perhaps for Royce. Well, uh, I think uh, for, for me, the the more surprising one was uh, taking uh, the goalkeeper. I've forgotten his name now. To Stegen? No, uh, the Bayern. Weidenfeiler. Neuer. 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 Oh yeah, Neuer. Uh, because he's he's literally pay, played about sixty minutes of football all season, um, and he's still decided to take him. Um, is is that because you he's he's ludicrously experienced, and it may even if he's not going to start, he's there as backup, even though he hasn't played any football. That's kind of a lot of that's a lot of you know he's a World Cup winning goalkeeper for a start. I mean that's you know that's that's good backup to have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Germany do favour an experienced player. That- perhaps explains why Sane's not going as well as you say he's got a number of World Cups ahead of him I think although, if, although Brandt's only 19 as well I think isn't he the fellow who's, who's gone yeah, in against him yeah. um, I but, think if Marco Royce doesn't play through injury 
and Leroy Sane sitting at home watching the World Cup, I think he'd be very annoyed about that situation. Uh, because you've got to pick players that are going to play, right? And just just talking about this, because I, I, I I'm always interested to see how kind of the local press um, uh, report on these things. And I, well, so I went and had a look at Sport Builder, um, the the German sport website, and they were surprised. It was right. like their big headline mm. news that he'd been left at home, um, which it, 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 it's, it's fascinating to watch other countries have these yes. kind of big dilemmas yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, well, so given yeah. given given that we've got John, who's an experienced uh, fella from the German uh, perspective, we should do like a Gazetta de la Sport thing where John reads us the German newspapers. <laughs> do you think you could be like a James Richardson for the Bundesliga, John? Yeah, only if I report from a uh, from a, a nice cafe in, uh, in <laughs> <Yeah>. Bavaria. <laughs> yeah. That that would be a great next step, or, I think, or maybe for the P- pod. Podolski's kebab shop. Oh yeah. <laughs> Talking of Lucas, I guess he's going to be a pundit this year, is he? Uh, I haven't seen his name banded around. Not not in the English. I'm a big fan of, of Lucas Podolski. Yeah, he's great, mainly because he is a genuine idiot. Uh, he's not. <laughs> he's not the sharpest. I love it. Every time he's interviewed, it's, it's gold, absolute gold from Podolski. So hopefully he'll get a mensch during the World Cup. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, interesting news out of the out of the German camp. But I think the the main thing to take away from that is it really just shows how strong their squad is. If they can leave somebody like Sane out, crikey, that's a worry for the rest of us. I think. So it's a nice problem to have, really. Yeah, very much so. So what else have we got uh, since last week that's been in the news? Have we pretty much bang up to date now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's there's lots of stuff going on, I and mean, there's actually interesting isn't there? a little bit of domestic stuff that's just come out breaking Go on. news today. Well, um. Uh, um, Pep Guardiola has been given uh, a two-match European ban for his behaviour in the Man City Liverpool Champions League match. What happened? I don't know. He was naughty. I can't remember. Uh, anybody else remember? <laughs> no. But anyway, he did something. No. <laughs> he, he did something bad and he's got a two-match ban. So that's okay, quite funny. Good. Also, Marco Silva to Everton, I think, happened over the last uh, over the last week. Yeah, that's interesting because that because he, he was their target when they ended up yes. appointing Sam Allardyce, isn't yeah. it? So they mm. they tried to appoint him, but Watford wouldn't have it. They were saying like, would they not value the 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 compensation highly enough or something? Yeah, and something then Watford like went and then sacked him, <laughs> and then and went, all right, well, we'll have him for free then. Thank you. It's a funny one that, but mostly I'm just happy that he's gone so that we can stop hearing about it because it's been like ever since that incident everyone's yeah. just been banging on about Marco Silva to Everton so now that's happened and he can uh, make a mess of that job as well Pe- Pellegrini to West Ham as well which is oh is that official yeah, yeah I okay, think so good, that's good. quite surprising I'd say he's too good for West Ham Absolutely. Not, no offence to West Ham but he's too good for West Ham surely they're paying an awful lot of money for him I well. bet they West are Ham. yeah well there we go so uh I think that's brought us pretty much up to date. And Shiz, I think you were going to give us a little bit of an insight specifically to what's going on with England in regards to their World Cup setup when they're going to be over in Russia. So what do you got for us? So I was looking at the, the bases of, of the various squads and also the stadiums. I, I, I had planned to look at every permutation of every team. Um, <laughs> that, that very quickly became far too big a job. So I, I looked only at England. So England's bases in a tiny town called Rapino which is north of St Petersburg it's on the Gulf of Finland um, oh. it, it's literally a town of about 2,000 people um, it's 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 called the Forest Mix Club which sounds, <laughs> sounds like a nightclub sounds uh, like a really bad nightclub what's a forest mix so it sounds like a thing you'd get in a bag from like Holland Barrett yeah either that or it's kind of a Haribo <laughs> so forest is spelled with two R's and the second R is capital so it's the forest mix and it's just you know a, a spa type hotel with all the facilities um, not much else to say about it what's disappointing it, it, so it used to be the case I mean I'm thinking back probably to 1990 and, and before that it used to be the case that a team would be based in a town and they'd be out and they'd be socialising with the locals and all that kind of stuff um, they seem to have chosen this just because it's completely remote and secure from anyone getting in or out pretty much you know the players will be right. isolated there'll be no chance of them the media getting to them there'll be no chance of any fans getting to them which is a shame i think because I, I think a lot of it used to be the case that a lot of being at a tournament was you know getting to know a place and you yeah. you know you become the sort of preferred team of that town don't yeah you, they'd, the they'd always do like an open training session for the locals wouldn't they yeah yeah. Are we are we aware if uh, if the wags are in effect for this World Cup? I think Southgate's 
quite relaxed about this kind of stuff, which is probably why there's not been any headlines either way. No. Um, I imagine there's some rules around they're allowed to come, but they need to sort of stay out of the way and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think Southgate's apparently quite sort of reasonable about these kind of things and mobile phones and all that. I think he's sort of happy with all of that. It's really, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's difficult to know how much. So like the WAGs would have been during Ericsson's rain i guess golden, yeah. golden generation 2002 yeah, 2002, yeah. <clears throat> and and the, the main reason for that is because ericsson had one of them didn't he but but not just one well yeah <laughs> but, like because because it got reported on massively by the press and therefore it was seen as being a distraction and is it a distraction for the players they're they're, they're having the wags flown out there is that a distraction or is it not mm. a distraction but the thing is that's probably not going to be handled massively differently in any, any other circumstances the only difference is it's not being covered by the press now when you're over the other side of the world in a football tournament, how aware are you of what the press are saying anyway? Yeah, so how true. much of a how much of a distraction was any of that stuff for England back then anyway? I, no idea, but um, there there does seem to be less hysteria around that kind of thing for England yes. because they're just they're not quite the celebrities that they used to be. I think yeah, be. that's part of it, isn't it? Uh, so the guys are going to be hanging out and training at the Forest Mix Club. Yes, uh, yeah. But so I guess we don't have any matches near there, do we? No, in terms of where we're playing, so obviously three group games in three different places, of course. Um, the closest is about 150 miles away in a place called Novogorod, um, which we've all heard of, where they yeah. play Panama. Um, the first game against Tunisia is the furthest away. That's in a similarly named Voldogorod, um, which is about 1,000 miles away. The second <laughs> sorry, the third game against... Belgium is is the one that sort of intrigues me most. It's in Kaliningrad, which I'd heard of, um, but it, it's sort of it's 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 Russian, but it's not connected to Russia. It's kind of across Latvia and next to Poland, in in the sort of annexed bit on its own. Mm. Um, don't say that's about six hundred miles away. I yes, I don't think you're no. allowed to say annex. <laughs> so that I mean, they've got a lot of travel. That, that, uh, so there and back to those three games is about three and a half thousand miles. So it's obviously flights everywhere. I think this is going to impact the. Um, the atmospheres i don't think we're going to see the number of fans we normally see at tournaments because of this this traveling you know they're not all going to get flights yeah part of me feels like that's maybe by design yeah i I think so well they they did it i remember back in 1990 we were on on whatever the island is next to italy um um, just to, to keep the fans out of the way um if we get past the group stage um round two games are we're either in moscow or in a place called rostov both about 500 miles away if we get beyond that we're looking at some of the sort of thousand mile plus away stadiums so i you know whatever happens it's a it's a hell of a lot of traveling um i was just looking generally at stadiums and i'll I'll reel off a couple of stats because we like some stats yeah go on um there's 12 venues average capacity is just shy of 50,000. the largest is the main one in moscow which is 81,000. the smallest is is kalingrad where we're playing which is 35,000. Probably the most pointless stat, which is probably why I like it. The the average number of matches per venue in the World Cup is five point three three. There you go. Very good. Very very good indeed. Now, one thing that I'm interested to find out because obviously every tournament kind of has its own thing that it gets from being in the country. We had the Vuvuzelas over in uh, South Africa and so on. Uh, but I wonder what will be the theme for Russia. Now, something came out in the news just a few weeks ago, which upset everybody, which was when a, a live bear handed out the match ball to the referee. Now, this upset a lot of people, and rightly so, because although Russia is synonymous with bears, uh, it's probably also synonymous with beating a bear until it knows to give a referee a football. Uh, and so I think that they thought that this was going to be like I guess some kind of nice fun thing, and it turned into some pretty bad press for the Russians. So I wonder what they're going to kind of uh, make the Russian World Cup about. I, d- I suspect stuff like that is going to be kept fairly well away. Because bear in mind that this is a tournament that is is organised and hosted by well, sorry organised and run by FIFA but hosted in yes. in Russia. So stuff this all of the pre-match stuff and the post-match stuff is all FIFA arranged and for all of their faults um FIFA do tend to steer clear of politics and 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 also like <laughs> controversial things like w- when it comes to actually presenting games of football. Yes. Um yeah, yeah. so um so I, do, I hope hopefully thankfully you're not going to see anything like that. The concern is is how much the the stuff that is outside of um uh, FIFA's control in and around the stadiums. Yeah. Um, 
because I, I've watched loads. Of, I, I've lo- watched lots of kind of what pe- what Russian people. Like meanwhile, in Russia, yes, videos on, yes. on 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 the internet, they're fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody had this kind of feeling about the uh, about the Winter Olympics. Uh, and when that went down, it all kind of went down okay, mm-hmm. apart from some slightly dodgy setups for the athletes and stuff. But I think people were generally pretty, uh, pretty happy with that. Although, as it turned out, I think a lot of stuff was manufactured to be okay during that time. And I wonder what this World Cup will be like, especially for those who are travelling, because I'm sure that a lot of these stadia, although they are small, will also be maybe not full, because I don't really know of anybody that's travelling from the UK. I'm sure there'll be the classic hardcore fans, but I think it's not like when we have tournaments, uh, you know, if people want to go to Brazil or they want to go to Spain or Portugal or whatever... I can't see those kind of numbers of people going. No, we're not. We're not going to have. You're not going to make a holiday out of Russia, are you? I it's, don't it's, think so. Get to the games, then, then we're not. Yeah, we're not going to have like we're not going to have like thirty thousand England fans travelling to every game like that. But we we will still be more represented than most countries, just because yeah. we generally are. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, you're right. It's not going to be quite the same. I, I think there'll think. be a lot of partisan uh, crowd, so I think Russia will probably have a nice. Uh, even though they have a pretty poor team at the moment, I think they'll have some strong backing, which might pu- push them through a few matches. One one final thing on the stadiums: most of them, with the exception of the likes of Moscow, um, most of them are new build stadiums of of the capacities that we you know forty thousand ish. Um, they're all in towns with teams who are going to play in the stadiums, but. Um, the teams average sort of a few thousand fans, so it's going to be another case of stadiums pretty much going to waste huh. once the tournament's finished, which is a real shame. This is the, the criminality of England not getting a World Cup anytime recently. Is In terms of stadiums and, and all infrastructure, actually, we could host a World Cup tomorrow and we wouldn't need to build a thing and everything would get used afterwards and it would be a roaring financial success and a footballing success and everything else. So... Um, well, yeah, it's a very good point. And I think based on the madness that's happening over in Qatar, we might be called upon last minute to host a World Cup. So Fingers I think we crossed. should all be prepared for that. Um, um, and I, th- I think I think um, various senior politicians of, of all political persuasions have, have already been talking about the idea of now, now, but effectively now Blatter's out the window and we haven't, we haven't got somebody who despises us in yes. charge of FIFA. Yeah. Um, there is a reasonable chance that, that we're, we're going to put in a bid in the next time a bidding process goes round so well on that note as we uh, wave goodbye to sep and on to a new brighter future for fifa and hopefully a world cup for, for england sometime in the future we're going to take a little break and then when we come back we're going to start digging into some of these world cup groups so we'll see you back in just a moment i think Sturridge has got goals rooney's got goals wilbeck's got goals sterling's got goals they'll score goals Right, so we are going to move on to talk about some of the teams uh, that we're going to be seeing in the World Cup in a couple of weeks, starting with Group A. Now, I've forgotten, who's got Group A? I do. Go on then, John. Tell us a little bit about Group A. Uh, So, Group A um, have hosts Russia, um, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. I think on paper, probably one of the weaker groups um, I'm, I'm, i've actually dubbed this the group of shit <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not far off not far off um do we think this has been manufactured so russia go through yes yeah, probably yeah. i think it's probably. been manufactured so that there's a lucrative uh tie versus saudi arabia up front i mean i can't well, imagine that's a coincidence uh, what, what interestingly that that first that first game the the you know the opening game of the world cup is um statistically got the two worst teams in it <laughs> brilliant so russia That's and great. Saudi, uh, saudi arabia are the lowest ranked teams at the world Cup. <laughs> so, well get ready for that fucking cracker <laughs> it's gonna be a cracker wow um so i think that realistically russia have got to be i've got to be lucky to get out of the group um they could potentially be the only the second host nation not to make the knockout stages, um, the first being. Oh, that's a question. Um, uh. Did now Japan and Korea? Korea got to the semi-final. Did Japan fail to get out of the groups? No, they didn't. They got uh, through. Okay. Um, more more recent. South Africa, Africa got yeah. out of the group, yeah. didn't they? No, no, they didn't. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. Did they not? Oh, I thought they did. No, Shabalala did score an amazing goal in the opener. He did, yeah. and that was their only win of the. Uh, um, the, the, oh, really? the group stages. Um, <laughs> well, I claim to have got that right, even though I got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Um, I mean, Russia, um, their World Cup, um, the last, well, they've, they've basically they've lost five of the last six World Cup finals games. Not right. a great so record. They have not done well. When was but, the last time they were in it? Have we got that? Uh, no, they've, they've been in it recently. Okay. They just generally are not very good. good at it. So they, yeah, seem, okay. they, seem to, they seem to make it to the finals, but not do particularly okay. well. Okay. Interestingly, when they applied for uh, to host this World Cup, it was around 2008, at which point they were on a bit of a high. They'd just made the semifinals of the Euros in two, 2008 um, and were feeling pretty good about themselves. But uh, things have gone a bit... Um, a bit off kilter since then. Uh, they're as I as I mentioned before, they're they're the lowest ranked uh, of all teams at the World Cup. Um, they've had um, uh, some kind of off field issues. They had a, a very disappointing uh, Euros in uh, 2016. Um, at that point, their new manager came in, Stanislav Cherzikov, um, who was told when he took the job that they were expecting him to take them to the semi-finals of the world Jesus, wow. no pressure yeah i don't i don't see that happening wow i have to be honest who, who have they got in that side then that, that has any kind of potency um well that's the thing they've got actually going forward they're not too bad they've got zagoev oh um, yes who's, yeah. who's uh good reason, old champ reasonably well known um <laughs> plays for csk uh they've got smolov and cochran up top as well oh, yeah. uh, a couple of decent forwards um defensively they're very inexperienced um, that's probably their weakest um, point. Um, but between the sticks, they've got Akin Fev, the ah, uh, yes. captain and 105 cap wow. veteran. Okay, okay. Um, and in the centre of the park, um, I imagine um, they've, they've got a young lad, a 22-year-old Golovin, who is probably going to be one of their best, one of their best players, or, or certainly, out. certainly one to watch for the future. Uh, in fact, um, there are. There's talk at the moment of Man Yu being interested in in him. Golovin, is Golovin, Golovin. Okay. Not sure how you pronounce it. Okay. But, um, but but still, ultimately, I think they're going to have a tough time get getting out of that that group. So who do you fancy then for the group? Out of that? Um, I, I mean, on paper, probably Egypt and Uruguay. Egypt may be uh, reliant on how well um, Salah does coming back from his injury. Yeah. Um, Uruguay, Uruguay, probably hands down favourites. I, I think they're quite a strong say. side, aren't they? Especially yeah. going forward. Yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the best forward players in the world at the moment, perhaps Cavani and uh, and uh, your man Suarez there. Absolutely, they've got a good spine to their to their team as well. Diego Godin at the back. Oh yeah, um, a legend of the game, Diego Godin. Absolutely, young young or future star Federico Valverde as well, who's at Real Madrid. Oh shit, yes. Yeah. Um, and then of course Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani up top. So they a pretty good side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they... uh, does Diego Forlan still play? Unfortunately, not. No, he, he hasn't. Really he hasn't old now. Yeah, he hasn't made the squad. He's great on the Instagram though, so keep keep tabs on Is Diego Forlan on the Instagram. Has yeah, he still he's very got good. Great hair. He has got fantastic hair. To be fair, he's he's a great looking lad. Is uh, Diego Forlan looking after himself? Yeah, um, so, so, John, you mentioned the rankings. Um, while you were talking, I looked up the FIFA Coca-Cola World Rankings, as they're now called. Um, Russia is 66th and Saudi Arabia is 67th, so Whoa. pretty poor. That is bad. I mean, well done for getting to the... Oh, no, no, Russia didn't have to do this. Yeah, did didn't do <laughs> they, they just paid FIFA lots of money. Yes, there you go. Easy, John. Come on. And, and to be fair, Saudi Arabia's qualifying group is, is Q8 yes. in the United Arab Emirates, isn't it? So... Yeah, so yeah. we're thinking. So we're thinking out of Group A. Then it, uh, we're going to see Uruguay and uh, and Egypt Russia. come through. There. Uh, Egypt, I, Egypt. No, I would. I would. I would say. I would say Egypt are going to go through in that group. Uruguay and Egypt. Um, it just depends on how many VAR decisions Russia get because yeah. they're all obviously <laughs> going to go their way. That's a good shout. Right, so thank you very much, Jono. Sorry? I think uh, Group A probably one of the uh, more straightforward. Uh, grouped, as is uh, Group B, which I'm just going to have a quick uh, chat about now. So, uh, Group B consists of Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran, and I think we know straight away what's going to happen out of this group. Iran, Iran, Iran and Morocco. Iran through. And Morocco. Through. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, 
I think although both the Spain and Portugal sides are maybe coming towards the end of uh, of an era in both cases, the, the teams are both quite strong still. And uh, especially with uh, looking at Morocco, they have a couple of a uh, couple of interesting players. Ben Taleb, who's playing for Juventus, uh, with those guys, but not a lot really. I think they're going to be feeding off scraps, and I expect both of those sides to play extremely defensively. So we might have a couple of quite painful matches as Portugal and Spain try and pick apart some extremely defensive teams uh, the interesting thing for Spain is that uh, yes they're coming towards the end of an era and they will rely on a slightly different format to what they've had in the past and I think Diego Costa is going to play an important role for Spain and that will change the way they play so there'll be less uh, tiki tacker and more kind of like you know elbow people in the facer as it is, so I think uh, we'll have we'll have a little bit cheeky bit of Sergio Ramos, a little cheeky bit of uh, Diego Costa, getting involved on corners, and a little bit of argy bargy from those lads, which is a little bit more entertaining than seeing people yes. doing little triangles around the centre circle for yeah, half an hour. Exactly. So I think we I think there might be some red cards uh, in there for for Spain, which will be entertaining, and I think Portugal once again will rely very heavily on moving the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo and hoping that he's in in good nick obviously European champions coming into this but I think widely understood to be quite poor champions mm, and very lucky yeah. champions but Portugal throughout their international career certainly for the last 15-20 years have been a lucky side they've had a lot of instances where they've got through where perhaps they didn't deserve to do so a couple of times against England as well absolutely yeah. so yeah. I think they will rely on Ronaldo but I do think we're starting to see Ronaldo's star wane a little bit Obviously, this season he did come back in form towards the end of the year, but a very poor first half of the season. And I think probably this is his weakest season for a very long time, even with his end of form, uh, end of season form. It, it'll be interesting in. with Ronaldo because um, he, he's he's no longer the player who sort of picks up the ball in the centre circle and, and you know breaks through and scores. He's 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 more of a genuine striker now, isn't he? Where he just gets on the end of things in the box. So Portugal can't just rely on him entirely now. They do need service to get the ball to him more than they used to I think which I think could perhaps be their undoing at some point during the tournament um, what's what's interesting is the group B teams play the group A teams in the first knockout round so I, I don't think Portugal and Spain will be sort of desperate to, to sort of drop everything and win the group given that who are they going to play in the next round not, not, none of the teams are going to be particularly yeah, strong interesting yeah so I, I think I'd, I'd want to avoid Uruguay I, I think there'd be a, a, a tricky tie yeah, I think I think I think it's going to be interesting what happens with that group. I expect Spain and Portugal to go through, and I think maybe there'll be an opportunity for one younger player from Portugal to make a bit of a name for himself, which is William Carvalho. Who I think is potentially uh, a good player for the future, and he might be the guy to anchor that midfield and move the ball around and create some chances for Cristiano. So we'll see. I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out, and I'm going to say because there's always going to be some shocks in in World Cup groups. And a I'm cup going to set. Yeah, I'm gonna. I reckon there's gonna be a shocking. I reckon. I reckon one of Portugal or Spain will go out of that Ooh. group. Mark that one, down, Mark it folks. Down. Yeah, absolutely. Bookmark that. Well, there we go. And so, moving on to Group C, is that you, Andy? Yeah, it is me. So, um, Group C's. Uh, it's actually a reasonably interesting group. Um, the headline headline stars for Group C uh, are obviously France, third favourite for the tournament. I think for obvious reasons, they're actually a pretty good punt. Actually, for seven to one for France to win the tournament, which. Um, Go on, John uh, if you just look at the players that they have, their squad, it is it is insane. It really is insane. And I think um, Didier Deschamps has come in for quite a lot of criticism over the last few years, um, possibly, possibly quite rightly so. Um, he doesn't seem to set them up um, in a way that takes advantage of their um their incredible squad um and i think on paper they've probably got the best squad out of all teams at the world cup including and brazil possibly only just and germany as well they, they they played italy in a friendly the other night which i watched and they won 3-1 i know it's only a friendly and all that stuff but they they looked really good actually they they looked mm. played, played the ball around you know nicely slickly good moves scored some good goals so i i think they'll do well are they looking to Griezmann? is he there is he their main outlet? Yeah, yeah, Griezmann. I mean, Pogba played really well the other night as well. Um, you know, which is something he hasn't really done. In Freed the of the shackles on a regular basis. of Mourinho. 
starts to play well. Olivier Giroud, by the way, is is the fourth most prolific French striker ever. Did you know that? He Behind is... David wow. Trezeguet. Yep. Thierry. Thierry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, who's the last one? Is it someone from yesteryear? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll know it when you tell me it. Oh, God. Well, no, now, now we're under pressure. I'm quite happy that I got two. It's, to got, be it's got to be Platini, hasn't it? Yes, it's Platini. Yeah. Oh, yes, it look Platini. at that. Well done, yeah. lads. Very good. Um, Very good. Yeah. But um, yeah, so there we go. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah, rid- ridiculous strength in their squad, particularly going forward. Yeah. I mean, the fact they're looking at like, like having like someone like Paul Pogba is is not necessarily their strongest midfielder. Um, attacking midfielder is, is 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 pretty impressive. They also um, they also had one of the most difficult routes through to the finals as well. They were in a group with uh, Sweden in the Netherlands. They only lost one game in in that, and that was to Sweden, who. Qualified okay. at the expense of the Netherlands, um, so a, a tricky route through, but they still looked pretty imperious in in that. Um, and it, it's also, you know, as we were talking about with with Germany leaving people behind, they're leaving behind Martial, Lacazette, and Dimitri Payet as well. Wow. They are leaving behind some some really talented, really talented players, all of which would probably make it into the England squad. So yeah. they've got um, an excellent keeper in Lloris as well. Yes, really, he's a great keeper. Um, so yeah, so that's France. Um, we've also got uh, an interesting, an interesting uh, uh, Peru are in there. They're in their first World Cup final since 1982. Um, they've only actually made the World Cup finals, I think, six times that they've made uh, that they've made it. Uh, yeah. So and this is the first time since uh, Spain in 1982. Um, their captain pa- uh, Paulo Guerra. Okay, so he has recently mm. been banned for for be it testing positive for cocaine. Um, an interesting story in that is, is apparently reportedly that it was through some tea he had drank, um, and <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And interestingly, um, the 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 federations of Australia, of uh, Denmark, and of France, of all of their opponents, their group opponents, all wrote to FIFA and asked for his ban in, in the campaign to have his ban overturned and wow. said, "Let him play." Um, and whether or not that had any impact or not, don't know. Um, but either way, FIFA did overturn the ban, so he Quickie. is going to be um, leading them out at the um, at the World Cup. Is he really? I didn't know that. I, I heard about the story, but I didn't realise that they'd uh, rescinded that that ban. Yeah, they have. So yeah, it is. Um, so Peru beat beat, beat New Zealand um, yeah. in the playoff to make it there. Um, and uh, only noteworthy player that I could even vaguely recognise, I only really recognise the team that he plays for, uh, it's a fella called uh, Andre Carrillo who plays for Watford. Oh, OK. So everybody else pretty much plays in uh, South America and or some random places like like Nicaragua yeah. and stuff like <laughs> okay. that. So, um, uh, another side uh, in, in Group C, uh, Denmark. Um, they obviously like some ludicrously talented players for, for Denmark, Christian Eriksen, Kasper Schmeichel, Andreas Christensen as well. Nicholas Bentner um, oh, yes. hasn't made it because he's injured. Oh, no! Yeah, so he's not made, made the but they've also would, he have, got, would he have been selected otherwise? Possibly not. I mean, he's towards the end of his career anyway, isn't he? Um, I love that guy. Yeah. Um, but the, um, Eriksen is brilliant. He showed yes. it for Spurs all season and also for Denmark in the playoff against Ireland. Yes, um, he I think is he quality. He, he should have been player of the year for me. Um, perhaps with the exception of Shelby, but he's <laughs> <laughs> damn right. But yeah, so they're they they're talented squad. I mean, sorry, they've got some really talented players in their squad. They've also got um, uh, Thomas Delaney and and Michael Crone Daly, who's oh. who's like absurdly like like he's like a, a proper old school journeyman yes. for Denmark. He's been around the block a few times. I love that guy. I remember specifically. I think it was in the Switzerland Euros. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a great time. He did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays for Deportivo La Coruña now. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is pretty good going. He's, he's like he's like thirty six or yeah, something yeah, yeah. now. He's he's really really long in the tooth. Um, Denmark absolutely spanked Ireland in their um in their playoff as well. It was nil nil after the first leg, and then in Ireland, Denmark beat Ireland five one to make it through to the to the finals, oh, okay. which is pretty much of a spanking. Um, finally, in, in in Group C, we've got Australia, um, who. This is a little interesting fact set for you. Um, they hold the, the world record for uh, senior international matches in terms of scoreline. Okay? They beat, in, in, a, in a qualifier, American Samoa. I want you guys to give, have a guess at what you think the no, scoreline was. I have a feeling was. I know this one. Me too. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw out a number. I think it was 31-0. I think it was 36 It was 31. 31-0. 
get in. Which, is, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. Australia actually um, only squeezed past Syria in their playoffs, okay? So it was one all after the first leg, and then Australia beat Syria 2-1 in the second leg. Syria had had a man sent off as well. The Australia squad is not good. Tim Cahill still making Tim, an appearance? Tim Cahill, 38 years old, yeah. is going to the World Cup. He does not have a club at the moment. He wow. is an unattached player and yet his place turning out at the World Cup, Amazing. 38 years old. I mean, that's a great World Cup story, isn't it? Let's be honest. I've, I've, just very, very quickly, I've got another brilliant stat about the Egypt squad. Oh, yeah. Um, it could potentially, if he plays, uh, they, it, we, we could have a, um, a World Cup, uh, a world record-breaking goalkeeper. Right. Okay. 45-year-old. Wow. El Hadri. Very good. So if he does play, uh, he will break the record for the oldest... Uh, oldest, the oldest player ever. Player ever. Wow. Is he their first-choice keeper? Do we know that? Uh, to be honest, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. You never know at a World Cup, do you? But yeah, just finally uh, wrapping up Australia. I mean, uh, probably their, their their most high-profile player is Brighton and Hove Albion goalkeeper Michael uh, Matthew Ryan, rather. Yeah. Um, and they've they've got players from Millwall, Villa, QPR, Hull, and even Celtic, um, which oh. is a demonstration of how poor um, the Australia squad are. So I fully expect Australia to finish bottom of that group with Peru finishing third, and then Denmark second. France are going to win it. Very nice indeed. Right then, Neil, let's close this out with Group D. What do you got? So, Group D is Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Um, Argentina first. We all know about Argentina. Um, Up front is where their squad is probably the most frightening Messi, Aguero, Higuain, and Dybala. I mean, (laughs) Maro Icardi did not even make the squad, which is quite incredible. But they can't. Um, the, they can't play all those players at once, though, can they? They can't. And the rest of the squad is, isn't filled with big names. I mean, in goal, as an example, Romero from Man United and Caballero from Chelsea, neither yeah. of whom are first choice for their clubs. Um, Otamendi in defence, Rojo in defence. So there's players, obviously, that we're familiar with. But, but a lot of Man of United are, rejects. None of them are brilliant. Um, that said, I think a fool would bet against Argentina going reasonably far in any tournament, actually. They, they, they qualify, as we spoke about previously, they qualified at the last minute. Messi scored a hat-trick in the final game, which they needed to win to qualify. But um, I, I can see them getting to at least the quarters, if not beyond. Um, probably I most think also... About the Argent- sorry, I was just going to say, Shiz, I think also this season that... Messi quite clearly for the last maybe four or five games of the season when Barcelona had already won the title was very clearly focused on being fit and at absolute peak for the World Cup. So This is it for him, isn't it? This yeah, one, this, this is the, the tournament one, and I think he's yeah. more than ever before has made a focus so we might see him come alive in this tournament. So Argentina so. are taking a dedicated psychologist with them just to manage Messi and the pressure and the burden wow. that he feels at that World Cup. Um, so they're the big one. That Iceland, um, we obviously know a bit about Iceland from the last Euros. Their their squad, I think, has been a bit depleted. Their big player is Gilfie Sigurdsson from Everton. Who you know, he's a he's a good player. He's not been fully fit since about March. Um, they have got he, they have got the big boy Sigthorsson as well, haven't they? Yes, yeah. I mean, most most of their players are Sassons that, that that I've barely heard of who play in Scandinavia. I mean, just just to pick out a few players which show you that their squad perhaps isn't that strong. They've got a keeper from Rangers. They've got a defender from Aberdeen. Another defender from Bristol City. So that and you know that so that's kind of the level of a lot of their squad. I personally don't see them being anywhere near as good or going anywhere near as far in this tournament as they did in the Euros. Um, I'd be surprised if they got out of this group, actually. Um, I, I don't think there's so much about them this time round. Yeah. Next is Croatia. Um, I think in our predictions, we had Croatia going to the final, which um, we shall see if that comes to fruit. But that either way, they're always a good squad. Their two big players are Rakitic from Barcelona and Modric from Real Madrid, who, again, we know them well. They're two of the best midfielders in Europe I would suggest um, up front they've got people like Mandzukic from Juve, Perisic from Inter Milan um, you know so they, they've got a good squad on paper they they tend to be a good quick skillful side who who I expect to do pretty well and I, I, I can see them being the second side to go through 
from this group. I am. Um, like Argentina. I saw. I saw Croatia uh, against Brazil pre uh, pre tournament friendly just the other day. Um, they were. They they looked okay going forward. They 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 were playing quite wide. They were obviously trying to put balls into the penalty area. They're quite good at that. But they they had very few opportunities against a Brazil side, which was barely getting out of third or fourth gear. They looked yeah. pretty comfortable. Did Brazil? They looked obviously incredible going forward. Brazil, but um, Croatia. They they didn't look panicked or anything like that. But they were working really 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 hard and not getting that far against yeah. Brazil. I think they'll benefit from from the group they're in. As I say, mm-hmm. I think Iceland will be poor. The fourth team is Nigeria, who who we obviously saw against England. Um, England played fairly well and made Nigeria look pretty poor. I mean, to, to sort of sum it up for Nigeria, their their standout player is what's his name? Alex Iwobi from Arsenal. <laughs> it is Alex Iwobi yeah. from Arsenal. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's kind of a bit part player for Arsenal, really, isn't he? Um, they, they've got. They um, do have a delightful player. kit, though. They have a fantastic they, got, kit. So I read an article about. Because all the kit. At the point where all of the kits had been released, there was an article on the BBC Sport website about it. And their kit's my favourite, I think. It's, it's the best kit of the World Cup. So they should at least win that if they win <laughs> uh, the game. They, um, they... I can see them. Lo- I can see them losing all three games actually, and oh, some really? of them probably they, fairly heavily. Yeah, I don't think they're up to much. I think I think they actually sold that kit out completely within a couple yeah, of days. I think amazing. three yeah. three million shirts sold. Three million kits they've sold. Yeah. So how do you Insane. think the group's gonna 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 play out, Lynches? I think Argentina will win it. I think they'll win all three games, most of them fairly comfortably actually. I think Croatia will come second um, because I think they're better than Iceland and will probably beat Iceland. Um, the other two, Iceland and Nigeria, obviously won't qualify. Iceland, Iceland are probably better than Nigeria, so should beat them. So it's Nigeria, uh, Iceland third, Nigeria bottom. Well, there you go. I think that is an excellent... Fir- it's the first time that we've really got deep into the World Cup, and I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. I yeah, can't wait. Now we're getting into it. And the, the other exciting news is that both Andy and I have booked the first week of the World Cup off on holiday. So this is very exciting. Three games a day, and I, and I can't wait for the first Saturday. What's the time difference? What, what time do the games start? I think the games are one one p.m., five p.m., and seven p.m. or something like that. Yeah, okay. it's one four, one four, and seven. One four and seven. Um, but apart from the Saturday, the first Saturday, where there's a special day where there are four games. Oh, getting um, which I think they are then twelve three. Eight and oh, I can't remember. So, but anyway, yes, yeah, so and there, there are four games on the on the, on the first Saturday, which is right. incredible. Well, gentlemen, the World Cup is upon us. Uh, when we next uh, reconvene on the weekend, we will be only days away from the start of the tournament. So, I'm going to uh, close out the podcast there, and I'm going to ask uh, John to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Andy. Bye bye. And goodbye, Shiz. Goodbye. Right, and goodbye, everybody. And we shall catch you next time on Worldie. Happy with that, Andy? Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm not happy with the England kit, though. Why The Nigeria kit's made by the same people. Why the fuck do we get such a shit kit? <laughs>